This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about dream catchers, beanstalks, and the secret secrets of an author's typewriter box. I just didn't realize that rhymed, and that was unintentional. Maybe I should have them rhyme every week. It's kind of fun. Change it up a little bit. That's an extra challenge for me. Makes me do more work. Gross. (laughs) Gross. I know. Bad. Abandon. No. Abandon ship. Abandoned mean stock. I'm Beth Elderkin, and I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I'm doing. I'm I'm doing. We'll just put it that way. I, at this point, I don't do good or bad. I just, if I'm in the middle, I'm fine. Um, I'm excited about this week's episode. Uh, this is one of the episodes I remember very clearly because, uh, and we're gonna talk about it because this is the part that launched a thousand ships, uh, with Hook and Emma. And I remember this episode of, of all of season two. I remember this very clearly. Um, it's actually interesting you mentioned that because last week when I said the word Tallahassee, you had no idea what I was talking about. Oh, yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't know what that even is in reference to. I mean, I get it now. I mean, it's not like Tallahassee was some sort of through line that I, it's just a mention of something. But yeah, I, I forgot that it meant it was the, the promised land for Neil and Emma's... Uh, questionable relationship <laughs> <laughs> yes there there are um there are some things to talk about with that uh we're gonna go ahead and dive on into this is season two episode um something i'm six i six. think six. yeah i did it right Woo. tallahassee and we've got uh two stories in here one is very good and the other one i have mixed feelings about and of course that's the one i'm stuck with this week uh tuh. <laughs> I ha- yeah. I'm so mad at you for maligning this. This is such a good and great story, well-crafted and beautifully told through the art of CGI. I'm sorry. Oh. I almost got through it. I almost got through it. <laughs> you tried. You tried. I bless you. I mean, the, the the past stuff in this episode is great, and I I love everything that it sets up, especially in hindsight, knowing what we know later, like everything from the dream catchers to there's, there's, little, there's little nods, like there's next to the the swan keychain that neil steals for her there's one that looks kind of like a pirate thing it's like a pirate heart it's like i don't know if they were planting the seeds intentionally i know abby you and i have differing thoughts on that we'll we'll talk about it but they're they were they were doing something they were doing something yes but then also (laughs) 
the guy from Lost is is a giant and it's bad. You we get it, guys. You like it's Lost. Bad. It's bad. Oh, it's not it so good. Much. It was the moment he appeared. I just went, oh, it's going to be that kind of episode. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to actually go ahead and let's let's start in modern day in the enchanted forest i kind of want to just get through all that stuff before (laughs) we get to the good stuff which is you know the the flashback um because it's it's just it's it's there it's what it is Beth's opinion has become very clear is is, is everyone here so we've got Snow White, we got Emma Swan, we got Mulan, Aurora, and Captain Hook. They are at the Beanstalk, and they're just like, you know what? We need a magic compass. We got to go up and get it. And Hook is, you know, he's he knows what it is. He knows what it looks like. He's got to go up. And I love how he's still in his, like, his disguise, his commoner's yeah. disguise, and then the next scene, he's just shed it, and he's just like pirate dude again. I like and the idea that he had so it. happy. I like the idea that he had it on underneath. Like he does, he can't remove it. It's just part of him, like the 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 pirate clothes. But yeah, I noticed it too. I was like, huh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So, oh, hold on, my email just popped open for no reason it was great don't they know that you were podcasting very busy why would i send an email okay so so yeah so hook says uh all the magic beans were like a bunch of giants grew the magic beans that did that actually do portals so now we're, we're learning more about the what can make a portal there's a hat there's a a uh hat there's a hat a wardrobe there's the ashes of the wardrobe, apparently. There's uh, a compass that can do something for it. We don't know what yet. And then there's beans. But there are no beans left. Or are there? And, al- and, also, and, and also a hat. But also beans. And a hat and some beans. Um, I do like this. The entire like Enchanted Forest storyline was so much exposition it was the introduction of and i forget where this compass goes which is why i'm gonna label it like one of the first big MacGuffins because it goes for a couple of episodes like they okay sorry i feel like i'm gonna sneeze (laughs) hold on i'm sorry It's just hanging Three little out. pigs and the wolf. They're not They're not in this story. Can't, oh my it's God. not about huffing and puffing and blowing All the right. house down. I swallowed it. I swallowed the sneeze. All right. So, anyway. What was I talking about? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. Oh, oh man. No, this has been a night. Uh, we were talking about uh, the... The we were talking about the, the, the MacGuffins, yes. Okay. I believe this to be, like, one of the first true MacGuffins where... I don't remember this just of all time of like all like it's the it's the it's it launched MacGuffin culture within Once Upon a Time uh, mm. because it's we have to go on a quest we have to get it it holds untold power that it will direct us to this mystical land and it will only work with the ashes of the none of this makes any sense like it's 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 only here it's here specifically Hook knows exactly where it is exactly where to find it they have to go on some crazy quest to find it and it it serves to move the plot forward but also it could have literally been anything else but this introduced so anyway mcguffin 
God. I feel like it would have made more sense instead of using the wardrobe plus the compass plus whatever else is needed. Just have one bean left. Just simplify the elements that can portal. Just, just, just narrow it down. In, instead of having all these different layers, just have a single bean left that survives. Yeah, there's because there's I know so, we see yeah. the dead bean, and I remember that playing a part. It later. does. It does. Yeah. It, it. But the problem is, is that they give you so much. It's hard to follow this. Like I don't have nearly the mixed amount of opinions. I. I don't know. Cut to me twenty minutes being like, this was the worst storyline. Um. <laughs> I, I thought it was fun. I had a good time. Though the thing that I didn't like about it. Mostly, it had nothing to do with the CGI or just the what the clumsiness of some of the other stuff. It was mostly just the amount of talking. Because it was just like, let me tell you about the giants and Jack and the knife. And the, it was just a lot of pointing at stuff and explaining for 16 sentences. And it was just a lot for as campy and as lighthearted as the scene was. I mean, it takes a hard left turn into Reelsville for a second about like, don't kill me. I'm the last of my kind. Yeah, I think the thing that the the two things that made this whole storyline not very great for me were one the CGI which is just abysmal in this episode to to a point where um like Emma at one point is being held by the giant and I just could not stop laughing <laughs> even though she's <laughs> supposed to be dying. Uh and the other is the choices the characters make. Like Hook, it's fine. He's doing his thing. You don't know where he stands, and that's cool. I do not like what Emma does, both with Mulan and with Hook. Uh, I really don't like how Mulan is is acting and how bad she is at stage at stage play. Like she's supposed to be, she's like looking at the thing, the sundial thing, the whole time. Like, uh, uh. I, I don't, I don't really care about aurora's like i don't know what aurora's doing it's just like a thing and snow white is doing okay i just really got mad at emma in this episode oh yeah in emma, the modern day emma was emma was uncharacteristic in this episode like they were i they were going for something that i don't think that they landed and then they pivot away from it i believe i may eat my words later but i feel like the 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 conversation about you know like all humans bad and you know history is written by the victors and things like that like that's not like a a big thing i don't remember again i could be eating my words later but i I just feel like it was this weird thread that they never like that that just kind of hung there in a weird way like we didn't we didn't stay on target until snow full-on tackles emma or mulan later (laughs) like no we go together um yeah this they're all being uncharacteristic and honestly aurora's thing was just set to set in the motion of the red room of fire so yeah and and that's and that's fine it's just oh oh poor aurora like the actress deserves better than literally everything she's given been given so far anyway so they're getting ready to climb emma insists that it has to be her even though at one point aurora says she'll climb and i'm like girl I love it. She's like, no, I'm part of this too. They're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? You're still the, you're the only one here in a dress. You're not climbing nothing. Like, yeah, you're, you're in heels girl. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, if, if I don't make it, we're like, when you don't make it, when you don't all, make it. <laughs> then it's another person's gonna have to go. 
And uh, of course, it has to be Emma. Emma insists that it's her, and uh, Snow really doesn't care for that because uh, Emma is doing still. She's still pulling away. She's making decisions for Snow in a way she does not care for, uh, especially since Snow is starting to come into her role as Emma's mother in a way that Emma doesn't really want, but Snow no. cannot help it. Uh, but then we get the greatest thing of all. The official debut of the Magic Cups. Amazing. It's here. It's here! And it's so, so cheap in the beginning, it's just like a piece of Velcro! <laughs> so anyone who wasn't listening to Once Upon a Timing back when we were originally covering the end of the series, first of all, welcome. Hi. It's great to have you here. But there was a there's a thing about these cuffs in this episode they're not the thing that they turn out to be they're just hook says that they are necessary to uh dispel the anti-climbing spell on the beanstalk like you have to wear them to overcome the magic but later on there's something else you just use them anytime you don't want someone to use magic it's really inconvenient for you to have magic in this scene, so I'm going to secretly put a cuff on you. <laughs> Cuffing season means something completely different in Once Upon a Time. Yeah, um, but well, I mean, it seems kind of fitting that the first time it happens is Hook doing it to Emma. I'm I just saying, so there's, there's some stuff going on. I do also love where he's just like, I can't climb unless I have any. He's just like waving his stump at be like, I can't climb. Give me my hook. Uh, and yeah, so Emma gives the hook. Mulan gives Emma some uh, sleeping powder made from poppies, which is clearly a reference to the Wizard of Oz. And Emma, unbeknownst to Snow, uh, tells Mulan, hey, if I'm not back in 10 hours, murder me. Just leave me to die. It's fine. I, I, I love the 10 hours thing because once they start climbing, they then establish shifts. It's like, Ten hours does not necessitate three shifts, um, uh, at all. Oh, Mulan also, was that, lying. Mulan well, was covering I, her tracks. I know, but still, I also like that Aurora immediately falls asleep, and it's just like, oh yeah, you'd have been great on the mission. Just, just, <laughs> I'm so tired. It's so hard. Uh, uh, and, like Aurora would have been that scene in Frozen where Anna is climbing and just arguing. And then you cut away and she's barely a foot off the ground. <laughs> like, it would have been that gag. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, up the beanstalk we go. The largest beanstalk in the world. Yes, up the beanstalk. And apparently Emma thinks they can get up, get the thing, and get down in ten hours. When she saw how big it was, it's taken them eight hours to get up there at all. They probably need to take naps during oh. it. So <laughs> Establish a base camp at 15,000 feet. Exactly. Uh, and while they're going up there, uh, Hook is doing a little bit of, uh, of, of hitting on her. She's not really a fan of it. And I, I, I mean, this is kind of, I think where we can talk a bit about whether this was intentional because I couldn't help but notice that the scene where we establish Emma's old love in the end is also the one where we establish her new one. Like, this is the first time we're seeing her and Neil and their story. We also see her and Hook having their own moments of tension, although it's, you know, mostly Hook just, you know, being a, 
a, a lecherous pirate. Uh, so Abby, you you said you think this is kind of you think this wasn't an accident or coincidence? No, I think that this was planned uh, because I feel like Hook has some of the parallels of Neil. What what Neil was to Emma in these flashbacks of just like, well, he's a bad boy and he's kind of a loose cannon and he plays by his own rules and stuff, but he's so cute and that's kind of Emma's type. And he is, he flirts with her. I mean, although guys on a first date, don't look deep into someone's eyes and be like, huh, you've never been in love before. Kind of a shitty thing to say to a person. Oh, so you're an orphan, aren't you? Exactly. Oh, you've never loved and you're alone. It's like, wow, it's just really getting my engines going. Cool. Yeah, he's he's definitely gaslighting her. That's uh, that's some uh, some pickup artist shit right there. Yes, exactly. Also, yeah, four eyes. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I have to think that this was planned, if not for like Endgame, I don't think at this point that Hook was Endgame. Like, I don't think that mm, was the plan. Yeah. I do think that the, that she was going to have a relationship with him at some point. Like, they hint at it a little bit, like you mentioned before, with the keychains. But at the same time, you can't introduce this person that obviously is going to come into her life later with conflict, you know, because he abandoned her and got her arrested. Spoilers. But you can't introduce a cute boy if there's not another cute boy hanging out in the wings. That's not how romance goes in the early 2000s, Beth. <laughs> There's always two cute boys, and both of them are super mm. rad for different reasons. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the you you are very right. This was peak Twilight era, and in oh. fact, next week's episode is about wolves. So, guys, I just realized when we talk about another subject here in a little bit, I'm going to reference Twilight again. I'm sorry. Yeah, apologize for nothing. Oh no. <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay, I I. I, I, I agree with you since you said that it wasn't Endgame because that's where I was getting hung up. I'm like, were they like, were they already thinking, oh, Hook is going to be this new super guy in Emma's life and they're going to get married and they're going to have a baby and at one point Hook's going to get an evil hand because he wants to go on a date. No, I think that maybe it was, maybe he was going, because he's, he's still evil for a while. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was going to be like, Emma going to the dark side and secretly dating a bad boy pirate dude and then having to turn, you know, turn away and go back to the light or whatever. But that's obviously not what ends up happening, which gives this a lot more weight than I think it was originally intended to have. Yeah, I I, I think to a certain point and with with the relationship I have with what goes on in Once Upon a Time, I genuinely think they had like a lot of the steps figured out. They're like, it's going to be this, 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 and this, which is why they can give us so many awesome breadcrumbs. Mm. But the breadcrumbs only go for so long. Because at a per at a certain point, much like their love for Lost, <laughs> they only have about half a plan and they'll figure the rest out in post. <laughs> it just, and that is where the show ultimately ends up falling apart is because the, it is not as structured as it was in the beginning. And I think that they had half a plan of like, yes, it'll be Hook and Neil and they will be fighting for her affection. We'll figure out something later. Uh, which, you know, mixed feelings about where that goes. But whatever. I, I Like I said, I don't think it's endgame. I just think that they didn't have it all the way thought out. That's why mm -hmm. they made Hook so... That's why they also had to make Hook so cute. They were just like, he's got to be 
He's a he's an ageless pirate who has been alive for what could probably be centuries. He still has to be attractive to a twenty eight year old regular human woman. <laughs> and all uh, other women yes. watching the show. So uh side note so when they get to the well it's not a side note because we're actually getting back into the episode so they, they get to the top of the beanstalk and uh hook notices that emma is bleeding and she's just like don't don't worry about it that blood was apparently from a deleted scene where hook had to rescue her before she fell off the uh, beanstalk which like no no love lost there like that i was gonna necessary. say i thought there would have been a lot more like 27 hours like drama of like hanging by one hand please no i'll fall to my because they're climbing apparently there was yeah they must have just been like oh this is this bad time uh but uh you know that scene where he he ties the thing around her hand he's like he's and he's like tying it with his mouth as he's like staring into her eyes uh that was colin's idea of course it was yeah (laughs) of course it was and he's like He's probably on set being like, hey, you know how some women do the thing with the the cherry stems? Watch what I know how to do. <laughs> just like, and, and I'm just imagining Jennifer Morrison sitting there being like, all right. And then, and then Josh Dallas came in and was like, uh, can I do this final scene with Henry uh, shirtless while, while swinging around a pickaxe? And they're like, no, you're comforting a small child. What are you talking about? You just I have things I have to show. I have to prove myself. Just cut to the side while they're doing the 400th take of that at Jennifer Morrison's request. Like, we're, we're going to need to shoot that again. Maybe make eye contact while it happens. Fantastic. Josh Dallas is in the back just doing a thousand push-ups. <laughs> 40 million push-ups. 701. Seven. Oh, actually, well, speaking of multiple takes. So you know the scene where uh, Emma is being like strangled by the giant and he's yeah. holding her. Uh, so apparently they're like she she, she bites him and, ap- yeah. and apparently that's strong enough for him to to let her go. Although you'd think it'd be like a mosquito, like there's not a lot there. But apparently uh, Jennifer Morrison was biting into like uh, an inflatable thing, like a blue screen thing. Yeah. And she did it so many times, her lips got bruised. And then it, you don't even see the bite on camera. <laughs> like, feel so bad for her. Well, it probably, A, with the bite, it probably looked weird with the, the blue and the, the putting stuff in. It probably just didn't look right. Second of all, I mean, the the way that they're sized, it'd be like holding a mouse. If you were holding a mouse and that mouse bit you, you'd drop it. So, I guess. Okay, but that's also, fair. But also... The amount of information I now have of Colin having this idea that it's that he needs to tie this off with his mouth and like she's probably staring at him with like bruised and bloody lips from biting too hard. Like, I'm sorry. Where's Jamie <laughs> Dornan now? Fifty Shades of Once Upon a Time. Holy shit. And they're wearing cuffs. Oh, and they're cuffs. Oh. oh my god. And he's just clad in nothing but leather and he has a pointy weapon. Oh my god just it's like ma'am oh no this show's so randomly horny <laughs> sure random yes random it's completely random completely all right random. well anyway so they decide uh hook suggests that they wait until the giant falls asleep emma knowing that they are on a deadline because she doesn't want to die from the thing that she set up herself is like no 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 why wait when I can just knock him out with this sleeping powder that will totally work on a giant? It's going to be fine. 
So they coax out the giant, and it's played by Jorge Garcia from Lost, who apparently, like, they wanted on the show from the beginning, from season one, but they just didn't have an excuse to bring him in as a giant. Uh, and he was also he supposed to be one-off, but they found a way to keep him, so. They, they just couldn't manage to get him to work right for Grumpy. He was just <laughs> too jolly. He's like, hey, hey, I'm dreamy. What's up? Well, spoilers, the giant's name is Tiny, but we don't find that out until later. I know. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I don't remember. It was something about Lost. But yeah, I... Oh, no, it's uh, because he's also in How I Met Your Mother. And I forget what he... I think it was the Jinx or something in How I Met Your Mother. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, his big thing His big thing is is Lost, hence why he is on this show. Uh, and so they, they managed to knock him out. It's not an easy task. <laughs> it involves Hook just screaming at him, insulting him, and running around. Which- and, and So he just, like, slowly follows. So why didn't they just let him sleep while they quietly looked around and then knocked him out when he got up? Like, that buys them so much more time. See, I don't know. This whole this this plan was not good, especially because they didn't know how long he would be knocked out for. And then they also kind of just talk for a long time after he's been knocked out. They just have a conversation. Yeah, I'm like, aren't you supposed to be looking for the compass? Yeah, it, it is weird. But so poorly hatched out plan ends with giant passed out just temporarily on temporarily because yeah like as emma points out later she's just like do you know how long it's gonna knock him out for no all right let's move Look. faster uh and they find a uh, jack's skeleton uh the the famous giant slayer who uh slayed some of them but not all of them because jack's dead and um they they start searching you know they're not searching for very long until the giant wakes up and uh emma manages to well hook gets trapped under some rubble then emma gets picked up and is getting squeezed to death and is like i need to save my son and then bites him and then traps him under a cage that the giant for some reason made big enough for himself even though this seemed to be a trap that was designed for humans. Yeah, because she could have e- easily climbed out of that cage. Yeah, that that's like, it's supposed to be, it looks like it's supposed to be a trap for humans. But it's actually a trap for giants. I like, Tiny, what are you doing? I, I also, like, I love that they, like, again, this is them trying to rewrite stories. And, like, Emma tells... Like her, what she remembers about Jack and the Beanstalk, which would be me remembering Jack and the Beanstalk, because I'd be like, "Yeah, he has some magic beans. He trades for a cow. Then he has a beanstalk, and there's a giant." And then I don't remember anything else about the story. <laughs> like it's just like, uh, okay. There's like a harp or like a fairy, yeah, or something. It, which is exactly where she's at. And he's just like, okay. But I do like where it's like, this is the skeleton, and it's Jack. You know how we know that because Jack is carved into the knife, like embossed into yeah. the knife. I love the idea that there's these people running around, like, and obviously this isn't Game of Thrones. They don't have, like, this is, you know, ice, and this is lion's tooth, and this is the Widowmaker. <laughs> this is my knife, Jack. He's named after <laughs> me, so I don't lose it. Yay! <laughs> and it's a special sword. My as mom we said, find out from my the knife one more time, she's not going to get me another one. So I had to write my name on it and my address on the back. 
Well, it turns out it's not just any sword. It is a sword that uh, Emma quickly deduces has a poison that will hurt the giant because the giant gets very scared and is like, you're going to kill me. Just kill me. Just do it. Leave. All right. And turns out the giant is kind of a big softy. And I like, I, I like that the, the, the giant has this the sword in his homestead that will murder him and he just leaves it on the floor. <laughs> yeah. There. Leaves it as a reminder. There we go, I guess. Uh, and and this is where we get that 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 very out of place. I mean, it's it's a good point. Like he's he's right. He basically is just like, look, yeah, humans are gonna say that the giants were a bunch of dicks, but uh, no, that's because all the giants are dead, and we don't get to defend ourselves. They all, you guys murdered my whole family and I'm all by myself and it really sucks. Like, that's, it's a good point and it's very sad. I just don't understand why it's here. I, it just had a very, like, we're going to rush this because we're not going to do a whole bunch of it because it's explaining what we already know in the show. It's that there's bad guys, but are the bad guys that bad? Like, there's two mm-hmm. sides to every story, and this is, like, the giant literally in the cage being like, there's two sides to every story. And Emma going, huh, interesting, interesting. Uh, so, I just that's why I didn't like it. It was just one of those, you know that thing we've been explaining to you for 30 episodes? Now we're going to say it out loud, just in case you weren't following along. Uh, which is why it felt clunky. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, Emma spares his life. And just in time for the giant to escape and uh, offer Emma a way out. It's like, you could you could kill me. You didn't. I owe you one favor. <laughs> it's just like, um, actually, it's two. Because I could have killed you twice. I love it. Hashtag not all humans. I'm a good one. Also, I need a lot of favors. Uh, yeah, so she, she, she saves Hook only... To then abandon him. She could have just abandoned him under the rock? Yeah, like, and that, and if that happened, she would have had plausible deniability should she find him again, because all she asked for was a head start. Like, if Hook was like, you left me up there, I thought you were dead! It would be like, like, no, I know you're alive, I know you're fine, bye. It's the Monty Python thing. She'd be like, I have to go. Hook is dead under the rock. No, I'm alive. No, oh, I think I feel like I can still still hear him. I'm not dead. <laughs> that angel's chorus. Shine oh, on, you beautiful angel. Oh, it's so beautiful. Those last words were, Emma, take this compass and leave me to rot. Oh. <laughs> I shall fulfill your final request. So Emma, so Emma handcuffs Hook. Uh, to again more more of the kinky shit. We're just we're going there, you guys. We're going there this week, and uh, we're she going said, there every week. Don't let her <laughs> lie to you. <laughs> and she says that that the giant is going to release him in ten hours. Totally won't eat him because you know he's he he's you know paying it forward. And uh, she starts heading down the starts heading down the beanstalk. But is it too late? Because meanwhile, Mulan has been uh, side-eyeing this sundial that she made in the ground uh, very suspiciously in a way that Snow immediately notices. It's just like, why do you keep looking at that stick in the ground? What? Girl. 
What's happening? And she's like, no, no, it's no big deal. It's so we can take shifts. Why are you being weird? But before, before about the weirdness, we have Aurora explaining her nightmares. Yes, because she wakes up and she's screaming from her from her nappy time, from her nap. Like, and bless this girl, like she can sleep with her body upright, laying her head on a log. I don't know anyone who can do that. <laughs> she, in a true princess move, she can sleep anywhere. Like, this is no princess in the pea. She is just like, I will sleep anywhere. She's very accommodating. I will travel in a dress, my hair down and perfect, and I will sleep on a log. I, like, whatever. Like, she's even convulsing on the log and, like, keeping her hand just, like, right there as a pillow. Um, But again, I... So I like this, and and we'll talk about, like, Emma's past and stuff, but I do like that it kind of juxtaposed with Snow's past of being, like, a criminal of the crown and living in the woods and being kind of a Robin Hood figure, blah, 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 blah. But now she's like in a cardigan, like very teacher mode. Like, let's talk about our feelings and what kind of dreams that we're having. Can you explain it? We're a safe space. Uh, so I just, I, I think it's funny. It's just like one day you're a cool lady in a, in a cape running through the woods. Next thing you know, you're counseling people through their scary dreams <laughs> in a cardigan. Yeah. And she does describe the dream where she was trapped in this red room and there were curtains and they were on fire and she saw somebody at the other end of the room and just saw their eyes staring back at her and she didn't know who it was. And uh, Snow says, yeah, I had those dreams. It's because we were. She She says she has nightmares. She does not confirm the red room. Oh, she just sits there panicky looking at her like, oh, shit, this sounds super familiar. She confirms she has nightmares, and then she mm. tells a nice story about Charming, but she never confirms the Red Room, because that gotcha. freaked the shit out of Aurora. Right. Um, but that's something that we're going to we'll, we're going to talk a little bit more about in the uh, coming weeks, I think. You can see uh, but Mulan yeah, so she's noticing just like, it. You can, you can see Mulan notice it, by the way. You can see Mulan like, yeah. staring at Snow like, shit, she knows what's going on. What yeah. do you know? And I love how Aurora's like, does it get better? So it's like, yeah, go to sleep, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, sh- Go back to sleep to the to the scary dreams. It's it's probably fine. It's fine. Uh, so yeah, Aurora just immediately decides to go back to sleep, and this is when Mulan sees the uh, the shadow is almost to the line, not quite there, and Mulan's just like, I can't wait anymore. I want to cut this bitch down. <laughs> I I don't understand how she knows ten hours. Like, I I guess she, if she just understands how sundials work and the specific time and what it was but i just love that it was just like well ding ding bitch it's time is up it's like you don't know well i mean i imagine that she knows the time based on where the sun is so if she looked up and she's like oh it's it's 7 a.m based on this uh 10 hours we're gonna be at five o'clock p.m and that's where it is on the sun so she just marks it there. I don't, it's not, I mean, she's, people know She's staring things. at it intently because she didn't make any re- regular marking. She's like, if I move from this spot, I'll have no idea what time it is anymore. I have to stay <laughs> exactly. here and not, I can't actually even blink at it or I'll completely forget what's going on. Staring contest with my sand clock. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she goes to cut the tree down. Snow gets pissed, tackles her. It starts wrestling her to the ground just in time for Emma to come down and just be like, hold, hold on, guys, I'm fine. It's fine. And Snow goes, what did you do? And I love Stop trying Snow. to die for the cause, Emma. 
I did love Snow in this moment. She was rightfully pissed. Yes. Because Emma's like, no, it, it was. She's like, no, this is my mom moment. I'm going full mom mode. And all you're going to be able to do is stare and hug me because I'm going to make you feel like shit in a way that only a mother can. Yeah, because it and rightfully so, because it's just like yeah. it was just like no one loves me and I am all alone. It's like you are no longer alone. You have people that want care about you, if no one else, a ten year old child. So you're not allowed to just be like, It's fine, I will burn, I just cut cut it down and I will die in the in the giant blah blah blah. And it's just like, no, you're not allowed to do that. You're supposed to say in ten hours if I don't come back down, come get me. Like I, so yes, I agree with Snow. Mm hmm. And they're like, "Where's Hook?" And she's like, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> and yeah, that 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 was a those. It seemed like Mulan was was um very concerned about where where Hook ended up, and I was like, "I thought you didn't like him." No, I don't like him, but I think she liked him. Like, what happened mm, up there? Gotcha, did, gotcha. Did, no, you guys were up there for a long time. What did you do? Mm. Why are your <laughs> lips all bruised? Why are you bleeding? Ah! What's that cuff? <laughs> it's magic. Uh, and then we do get a brief scene between uh, Henry and uh, Charming, where Henry wakes up from a nightmare himself, and he describes the same one, and he saw a woman in it. Dun, dun, dun. So I and I'm gonna say this, and this isn't this isn't super bagging on it, but like Snow explains that when she would have her nightmares, Charming would comfort her and light a candle next to her bed and it would make her feel better and she'd fall asleep. He does this without explaining it really to Henry. Like Henry just wakes up screaming. And Henry's like, Charming, oh don't worry, I'll light this candle. And he's like, Okay, okay. Thanks. What does it do? Is it a magic candle? Like, is it going to make me feel better? And it's just like, I lit the candle. We're not going to talk about it anymore. But, and again, this is one of those, we don't confirm snow, but you can see as Henry describes the room, uh, Charming is like getting slowly more uncomfortable. Like, I know that room. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. Uh, so I, it's a nice scene. I just think that the candle thing wasn't explained to Henry, and I could. I'm just imagining him waking up from a nightmare, seeing like a tapestry candle being lit next to him, going, "Cool." And also, he was just dreaming about fire, having a lit candle right next <laughs> to his face. I mean, That's probably true. not the best thing for him right now. Uh, the ca- they were on fire like this. <laughs> <laughs> See the flame, comfy, comforted by this. This is a safe flame. Charming rips off his face. He's actual actual Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and that is the modern day. Uh, and now we're going to uh, venture back in time uh, to learn a little bit about about uh, a much younger. Emma, who, by the way, I love her wardrobe, and a lot of the these clothes were apparently just Jennifer Morrison's wardrobe, which makes me love her even more. I love it when shows are in their early stages, and it's just like, we, I just have these clothes. <laughs> uh, these are just clothes I have. They look great. She looks great in them. Everything about it rocks. So what we see is we see a young, we, we don't know how old she is, but we see that she's, she's younger. She's wearing glasses. 
uh, and she's just like, I'm going to go steal this <gasps> yellow Volkswagen Beetle. And she's stealing it old school style. She's got the little tool thing. She opens up the door and then she, and she hot wires the car and she starts driving. And in a fun twist of every woman's nightmare, there's a man in the back seat. They get pulled over because they are having like a little argument where he's just like, um, you took my car. You just keep driving. It's probably fine. You could have just asked for the keys. It's cute. It's like, but like mm-hmm. Emma is clearly all panicked and he just looks stoned out of his mind. Just like, sup? You're cute. Hey. She blows and, a red stuff. And this is ahead. the, just to reiterate, this is the guy from the, the first episode of season two in the opening scene that we see yes. in New York who gets the postcard from Storybrooke being like, everything's super chill now. Yeah. Just FYI. Broken. It's just broken. Uh, and he, she blows a stop sign because she's busy looking at him while she drives. A cop pulls her over and she, He's just like, be cool, be cool, be cool. And then he like, I like this detail where he he pulled the thing she used to like jam key the car open and then mm-hmm. like put the actual key in it so it didn't look suspicious. And the cops is like, you blew a stop sign. And then he's just like, I'm teaching my lady to drive. <laughs> lady drivers. And he, he's, just, he's like, I got it. First warning, stop doing that and leaves. And, and Emma, like, looks so pissed, and I don't blame her, because, like, he he could have he could have said that without going to the women, am I right? They suck so bad at driving. Trying to teach her how to drive stick shift. Like, the cop wasn't amused stick. by that. Like, he just still just I feel like the cop cold. was still just like, alright, I get it. Because it is a stick shift car, it's old car, and I don't know, whatever. And that's when Emma realizes that it's not his car either. <laughs> they are both criminals in the law, uh, Grand Theft Auto. And that's when they start a relationship of living outside the law and outside of a homestead. And they just kind of like live in the car. And we, we see this nice, like they like hard cut to Emma with a big belly and they go into a gas station and he op- like in, Neil opens up the big thing and he's just like, can you help me get directions? And the cashier's kind of a dick. And he's just like, you got paid for that, man. While they're having this conversation, Emma is shoving everything into her pocket she possibly can, including a candy bar that I think is a lost reference. The Apollo so, one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I, some lost references. I just don't. I never watched the show. So I, I believe. I just assume when they look at a candy, hard cut to it, and I don't recognize what it is. It's a reference to something. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, as they're doing this, because again, Emma's got this big belly and she's, you know, shoving as much into her belly as she can. A guy walks in and is like, uh, they are stealing. (laughs) They are stealing. But before he can say that, Emma pretends to go into labor and it's just a lot of screaming and they run (laughs) out of the store (laughs) and the guy's just like, no, seriously, they were stealing. (laughs) I I that I loved that actor. Like that was a funny scene. I loved this whole scene was great because it was just so chaotic. You could tell that the like the guy like the the gas station guy was like, I don't understand. Do I need to call the ambulance? And I don't know what anyone was saying. It was just so much yelling. It's quiet for like a whole beat. Like seriously, they took like a whole bunch of shit from you. Yeah, it was a very it was, it was very wacky uh comedy of errors type scene uh which you don't really get often in Once Upon a Time, so I I I had a fun time with it. It was very yeah. like as Neil puts it, they're very Bonnie and Clyde. 
Yes. So they go, and it's just great because Emma, Emma's excited. She's clearly very young in this. We don't know how young at this point, but she is. She's living this. This is this is what she wants. She's got a partner now, and she's very excited. And he's kind of cute, so it's fine. And then they're like looking at a hotel room, and they see like some people leave, and he's just like, "Let's go be room service." So they go and break into this hotel room, and <laughs> Neil's just like, you know. Maybe we should settle down somewhere. Point anywhere. And she points to, because they have a map. They point to Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, do they have beaches in Tallahassee? He's like, it's Florida. It's all beaches. Which is factually incorrect. <laughs> uh, and they're like, yes, let's go. Let's go move to Tallahassee. Put down some roots. And we're going to make good. We're going to be, we're going to. We're gonna, we're gonna be a team. It's gonna be great. Is Tallahassee a good choice? I don't know. I've never to, been there. To put down, I I don't know. I I don't have any opinions on Tallahassee one way or the other. So like, I just know it's Florida, and it's probably beaches, uh, and people, and it's the name of a character in Zombieland. That's that's as far as I know about Tallahassee. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing, like, between the two of them with Tallahassee reminds me of in Rent, the uh, open up a restaurant oh. in Santa Fe. Santa Fe. <laughs> like, the whole just, you know, grass is always greener on the other side kind of situation. Um, but I like it. I mean, it's, it's, cute. It's, it's like, it's, again, we, we don't know how, what age these characters are. We know Emma is 18 when she gives birth to Henry. Um, and we don't know how old Neil is, but they can make Jennifer Morrison look young. Like maybe she's even like a teenager. They cannot do the same for, uh, Michael Raymond James, who perpetually looks older than he probably was at the time. No. And so, so, so we'll put in a little conversation. We're not going to get, there was a comment made on our Facebook page about how Neil and Emma's relationship is a little squicky because there are some undetermined ages. Mm-hmm. And I agree. This is where my second Twilight reference comes because even if Emma is one day, like she steals that car the day she turns 18 and ends up incarcerated three months later and then gives birth to Henry on January 1st of the next year. Even if that's the timeline, it is still this like, questionably immortal person not immortal but just like ageless person who has been living in neverland uh is now completely full grown from a child but we don't know how long he's actually been alive yeah so it's a a weird maybe centuries old person courting a freshly 18 year old if not maybe younger so it's very twilighty like it's just like you look the same but you're not the same yeah, it, it yeah, and and also just because of how the actor looks, and that's not his fault. He's just he's no. an older guy, and you know they can't they can't uh pull uh pull a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two like we we don't have the technology yet to to give him a Kurt Russell uh digital age makeover. Um, so we just it has to be a little bit of suspension of disbelief. I like the idea that. They are a similar age, um, and I like the idea that she's over 18. I really hope she is, um, because otherwise there's some uh, grooming and other issues to talk about. 
Uh, but I don't want to talk about those. I was going to say, uh, there's also an overarching conversation about living on the street and different hardships that involve that. And we're not going to get into that. Yeah. We could. We're not going to. Yeah. But we, we, what we recognize <laughs> that it's a thing and yes. that it's a conversation. It's just a very awkward one to have, especially since there's so many missing pieces that we just don't know. Yes. And the fact that I... I'm not going to speak to you, Beth, but I'm going to say that I am 100% ill-equipped to have that conversation. I could talk about <laughs> it. I could say a bunch of shit, but who knows? Uh, so I, I get it. Like in it, and I saw that comment before I rewatched the episode. And like, like I've told you guys, uh, I associate this actor with the bad guy from the first season of True Blood. So I spent every waking moment of seeing him that first season or the second season of uh, Once Upon a Time being like, he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. He gonna kill everyone. He gonna kill everyone <laughs> in here. Oh no, run. So I was just like, Emma, run. Emma, girl, run. So I, I have some mixed feelings with the character because I sometimes can't separate <laughs> different roles in my brain. Uh, anyway, yes. Because we also don't know how old he is assumed to be. Yeah. Like, we don't, yeah, and we don't know yet his his origin story, although we do see a very strong hint to it later on, because yes. uh, you know he, there's a whole there's a whole wacky series of events that starts right after the whole right Tallahassee now. conversation. Yes, so we will we will charge forward to the the part where we just just absolutely battering ram through the plot because <laughs> cut to. Neil walking across the street, Emma behind a tree with a bag full of donuts that I assume she stole from a, a cop because she's just a hard ass. She's like, that's jelly filled. <laughs> he never saw it coming. Uh, it was probably the guy that she, that he pretended to, it's probably the same cop that he was really sexist to. And he was like, oh, he's yeah, probably she, a sexist. She sought him out. She wanted the she, rush. She found him. He's in a town over. She went there, got the donuts and came back. Neil is upset. Neil has a piece of paper. It is an America's Most Wanted page being like, wanted, here are two photos of this person. And we find out that Neil has committed one hell of a robbery. Uh, he stole like a bunch of watches. <laughs> like a Really bunch nice of watches. watches. Like apparently $20,000 watches. And he stole quite a few of them. And the, the the guy that owned the shop was a drunk and he didn't lock it, but he had cameras. And it's just like, Neil, that's how you, that's what you're supposed to, you're supposed to camp a site. Be like, yeah, he's drunk and he leaves it unlocked. But Ocean's Eleven, this was not. So he finds Yeah, but he's, he's not him. Danny Ocean. Neil, he Neil is, not Danny Neil's Ocean. a good guy. He, I mean, he's, he, he's, Excuse he's me. a nice. Don't malign Danny Ocean. <laughs> no, I meant like. Neil is nice. I know. I'm not saying Danny Ocean isn't nice. I'm just saying Neil is not exactly a criminal mastermind. No, he's not. So, this is also why we cut, like, he stole all of these watches, but then he's also sleeping in a beetle the first time we see him. Uh, so, he's just like, I hid the watches in a, in a, a locker room, in a train station. I can't go back and get them. I have to go to Canada. I have to get the hell out of here. And Emma... Uh, girl there's sometimes you just don't do things like you just like <laughs> you just let it go just you just let it go and she's like no i know i will go get the watches for you and it will be fine and so she goes and gets the watches and 
he puts one of the watches on her and he's like, this one's $20,000. I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to go fence the rest of them. But this one you get to keep because you're my girl. And leaves. While he's walking, a strange man in the shadows. Runs Which after they actually him. like digitally put a blur on his face. Like you could see it. Like, oh yeah. It's clear that the smoke, the, the fog machine that they had used was not enough to disguise his face for the big reveal. So they added like a, bl- a Photoshop blur. Yeah. And, and August definitely doesn't have like, August does not blend in to like no. regular actors. So it's like you would have seen him and be like, oh, it's the. It's the Pinocchio boy. I see him. It's that bastard. Uh, So basically he chases him down. Neil Neil tries to make it over a fence. The the puppet doesn't let this happen. Grabs him by the shoulders. (laughs) Pulls him to the ground. Again, Neil, not the greatest criminal mastermind. He's not a criminal mastermind. He is not a master track star. He is not. He is. He's just a nice. He's just a nice guy that doesn't have any money. Um, So this is where. It all just like we just step on the gas of crazy because August is like, listen, you have got Emma on the wrong path. I was supposed to, but I lost her for two years because everything in this world is so damn magical and or not magical, the uh, tempting. And I can't. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Neil's it, just. It like, seems like August just like constantly just makes excuses for his bad choices. Yes. Yeah. Like, he's just, he does that thing where it sounds like he's taking ownership for what he's doing, he's but not. he's not. He's nope. just like, you can't say that the world is full of temptation as if that's the problem. <laughs> that's not the problem. Uh, I know he does say, he's like, I can't resist the temptation, but you're just, that you, eh, mm. like, you that, bad, yeah, Robert, like, your bad job. That's what, that's what men say when, like, they have an affair. Like, when some of them have an affair, they're just like, no, I'm faithful to my, I'm faithful to my spouse, but, oh, this just, other person is just so tempting, and, you know, like, I couldn't resist. Like, I hate that term, I could not resist. Yes, you could. You did not resist. Yeah, exactly. Where it's just like, and, and this is, and this is just Cheaters Anonymous here. This is where you put the onus on the person who did the thing, because it's just like, the other woman, yeah. even if she knew you you would still not blame that woman. I mean, she, it's kind of a dick move if she knew you were around. But the guy made that choice. He's the one that made vows. August made va- August made a promise. And he, he told whether it was made under duress or not. He was supposed to. And he made a series of very bad decisions. Never really atoned for them. He tries. I'll, I'll give him that. He tries. When we break the curse, he tries to atone for him. But, like, in this moment, he has not come to that full no. journey. Uh, and Neil's just like... Dude, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I don't know. I don't like any of this. And August's like, please walk over to my bicycle. My, my bicycle. My motorcycle. And I will open up this box. And you will look inside. And you will believe all of the things that I am saying. And Neil looks inside of it. And he believes all of the things that he is saying. <laughs> we don't know what is in the box. I'm not going to give that spoiler. Obviously, anyone listening to this probably knows the spoiler. But I'm not going to spoil it. But he looks inside the box. Sees fear in the na- in just in whatever he's looking at. And goes, fine, what do I got to do? Well, funny you should ask. What you need to do is you need to call the cops and rat out your girlfriend. So she goes to prison for your crimes. So I, I have a question. So I like this scene for the sake of the audience. How the hell does this make any sense for two men who are in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere, and no one's listening to them? 
Why wouldn't August just, why did he have to be like, look in this box and it shows you everything? Because it's about, it's like, I'm not going to say what it is, but it's just something written on his typewriter. Like, there's nothing <laughs> stopping August from just saying it to Beth, Neil. Beth, do we not remember anything about August? He is the most <laughs> dramatic English major you've ever met in your life. Look he was born this for this moment. His Everything is in some sort of case or a box or something so he can make dramatic reveals that don't exist. It's just like, <laughs> like I'm imagining him quietly just like opening the box like, and just, what? why are you making that noise? Like, just open the box. It's like, I've been waiting for this moment for so long. I'm just surprised we don't see like August like chain smoking most of the time just in the bag, just like, no one gets it, man. No one gets me. Like I have this novel in my head that I just can't get out. I got no strings on me. He's just singing like a weird, like minor key of that. Oh, the <laughs> the one from um. Oh shit! Is it? It's not Endgame. It's Age of Ultron where they do that, where they put it in like a minor key. I got oh yeah, no strings. strings. And it was just like this is so rad. And then we all watched Age of Ultron and went, this is not as rad. Um. <laughs> Hot takes about the Avengers coming at you guys. Um. Anyway, they frame Emma. A cop comes and points a gun at her, even though she's not holding a weapon. And is just like, your boyfriend ratted you out. And she's like, I don't have any of the watches. He's like, bitch, what's that on your hand? And she's like, damn it. And then, I don't know if they just didn't know what they exactly were and never got them. But the cop said, do you know your rights? And she said, Yeah. That it's doesn't not how that hold works. up in court. Like, no. where you read your rights? No. I was never given a receipt. Thanks. Like, you're free. So she ends up... This is the scene that I don't quite understand. Again, I like all of this. The one scene I don't understand is they do... Then they cut to um, August on a road. And Neil pulls up. It's just like, oh, it's been a long time. How long has it been? Like... A couple of weeks, a couple of months. It sounded like years. It was weird. That I didn't understand, but because <laughs> then Neil's response was, "I tried to lose myself." I. What? Yeah, I mean, they're in Vancouver, so Neil. It's been enough time where he sold the watches and made it to Canada to hide out. So, oh, uh, according to Wikipedia, it is two months later. Uh, okay, uh, that makes sense. Which so, would be enough time for like her to go through the the system and to get sentenced, get trial, get, yeah. yeah. That's fair. So, and also for the for for implantation. Anyway, so he's like, "Listen, I'm going to give her the money, and I'm going to give her the car, so she has those things." Because I and, and August money's not going to help her break the curse. You, the, yeah, her getting out of jail with no money and no social skills in 11 months is, is going to be great for her. Awesome. August is the worst guardian angel of all time. Dude, August just looked at that money and saw Tropical Vacation and was just like, again, he 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 can be the absolute worst. He was just looking for, he his nose might as well have started going three feet when he's like, Emma doesn't need money. He just, you know, this was August. August wants the money. I also love, like, she's being held in a minimum security prison in Phoenix, and I'm not going to tell you which one. 
I did not look up this number, but I cannot imagine there's a whole bunch of minimum security prisons in Phoenix. It's not like there's a thousand of them and it's going to take Neil a lot of time. Also, criminal records are public. It would tell you anyway. Yeah, it looks like there's not many. It should have just said Arizona or something. Yeah, In in the West. She's out West. Anyway, we cut to Emma. She's in she's in her cell and the warden or one of the staffers or something comes in and says, hey, here's the stuff you're going to get when you get out, which I thought was a weird thing of being like, I have to open in front of you. There's no note in here. Well, sad. No one wrote you a note. Well, it it wasn't that it was the thing she was going to get when she got out. It was uh, someone sent you a letter. Okay, someone sent you a letter. It's keys to a car and it's got the little swan thing on it so it's just like a little like the tiniest bit of hope for emma being like mm-hmm. you left me something and but there was no note uh and, and no money no money because because august sucks <laughs> and and she looks down and this woman has freaking 2020 vision and just goes oh and a baby it's like <laughs> I don't know how many pregnancy t- I mean I know that you've looked at a pregnancy test I have to look at them like when I was looking for that second pink line you're just like in your face like do I see it do I see it obviously it's been three months so it was probably a very clear line but still just like she's 20 feet away from her she's like, eagle eye McGee anyway that's just a weird nitpick yeah no it was yeah the line was the because it was the crisscross one it was one of those clear oh, yeah. clear view ones so it was a crisscross so like i i can see how she would know but yeah it was like that was emma had missed a couple periods and was like oh shit also i like <laughs> the idea that like this phoenix minimum security prisons uh commissary had clear blue rapid result <laughs> pregnancy test as opposed to some cheap version that cost 50 cents which by the way guys work the exact same way oh they literally like the 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 nice ones the fancy ones literally have like especially even the electronic ones just have the cheaper one inside them they just have a different screen so that you can quote unquote read it easier but it actually also gives you more likely to have a false negative yeah. But doesn't so if enough. you're ever if you're ever trying and I told this to Beth, but if you're ever trying to get pregnant or you're just like and you need to take a thousand of them, you just order them. They're little tiny strips and they they're not as fancy. You can't really post them on Facebook. They're not as like no. here you go. But anyway, yes, I just like that this like this prison and Emma had to probably spend like ten prison dollars to get this. And it probably wasn't even her first one. But anyway, she probably saved all that money not having pads. This is a weird conversation. I'm going to get off of it. <laughs> uh, about Let's just pri- say uh, pr- the prison commissary, syst- uh, commissary uh, system is uh, is terrible and designed to exploit people. And uh, and we should you know, be not so terrible. The prison commissary system. I was going to say, uh, Beth, the prison commissary system or just take out the word commissary. It still holds true. Ooh, it, more oh, more hot yeah. takes. Uh, more oh, hot yeah, takes. that's... Uh, Abby, that's very controversial, saying that prison is bad. Prison, bad. Age Ultron, bad. (laughs) Well, anyway, that was season two, episode six, Tallahassee. And you know, Abby, someone tells me they're never actually going to make it to Tallahassee. They're never going to open up that restaurant in Santa Fe. I I just, 
I mean, hopefully Emma has some sort of secret pin number programmed by an MIT professor that's going to give her endless amount of cash. But I also don't think that's going to happen, and Benny's going to kick them out of their apartment. Oh, wait. Lost track of what I was talking about. Yeah, I don't know uh, what you're talking about either. I'm still talking about I don't even know rent. what you're referencing. I'm talking about rent. At the end of oh, rent. Oh, right. At the end of rent, he programs the... Ben, you know what? I- Benny... Benny, Benny had a point. So uh, listen, Fair Benny didn't have a point. My other problem is the fact that the 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 pin at the ATM that he codes has five has five pins. Aren't five pins are four? Anyway, <laughs> that's anyway. a that's that's a that's a that's a tiny detail. <laughs> Me being mad at seventeen about ATM pins is just a whole level. So anyway, Tallahassee, it's over. And what's next week? Did we want? Do we know what next week is? Yes, next week is Child of the Moon, uh, which is, I believe, the one that you had been talking about before. Yeah, speaking of Twilight, right? Uh, That you'd been talking about before, where uh, I think it's about it's Ruby centric. Which so I'm imagining there's going to be something involving her in the modern day because magic is coming back is back in storybook you guys which means her wolfy senses are coming back and so i distinctly remember this one being like about her family or something or like finding wolves or i don't remember if they introduced the dens i know there's a den there's a whole situation with a lot of that stuff later but I don't remember. When I don't it comes know. Into play. I know that's there mm. somewhere. I guess we'll find out. This uh, is but- so crazy. We're only six episodes into season two, and there's still like we have not even even seen Ethan Embry yet. Like, when does that start? Like, oh I- yeah, he shows up. Yeah, this is a weird season. It's so weird, season guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's there's there's so much, and yet there's kind of nothing like at yeah. all. And, and this episode is kind of the perfect encapsulation of that because we get so much with this with the past and you we we see the dream catcher we uh, there's a first appearance of the dream catcher there's the keychain there's neil uh august comes back you've got all these pieces being put uh laid together for emma's great destiny and then you have like just the thing with the compass and the dust and a giant and and it's all just it's all just stuff and i'm like what is this they're really trying to hide the the emma hook bdsm meet cute that they're having like they're veiling it with cgi uh yeah like i'm 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 so happy we're doing this like i'm 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 loving reliving season 2 and i'm now just like thinking ahead further to season 3 to relive for the first time i've only ever watched all of the Neverland stuff. Uno. One Same time. Here. So, just, I'm so pumped. And you guys are having, like, the best conversations on Facebook. I love it. Because yes. I think we're, we're, we're opening up, we're opening up just, like, all of these, like, locked memories of, like, the first time we watched it or, like, the time gone by. You know, the before four times. Uh, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and if you want to join our Facebook group as well, that's facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. But there are other, plenty of other ways to join the conversation. You can support us on Patreon. That is uh, patreon.com slash OUA timing. Uh, wonderful shout out and thank you to our patrons, especially our snow queens. That would be Lisa Slack, Patrick Stevens, Jacob Fulcalt, Paul, Brian Sanina, Blake Brinkley, Matt LeClerc, and Zach Chobanoff. 
Uh, we did recently uh, release a new uh, bonus episode for our Hello Dearies and our Snow Queens that covered Princess Switch Switched Again and the magic of the Netflix holiday movie universe with special guest uh, my husband, Tim Sampson. That was a lot of fun. That was a very wild conversation. <laughs> that was, we had a very good time and we only got derailed by actual history facts a couple of times. Yeah, it was actually a personal best for, for you and Tim. <laughs> Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Sorry, to completely oh, wait, wait, go ahead, this go conversation. Ahead. Once Upon a Time, A Wonderland is now on Disney+. Plus. I saw that. So yes. and so for all of us who had to get Disney+, Plus to watch Once Upon a Time, we also have Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. And I think Bonus. we're getting closer to the new uh, fairy tale show. I keep seeing more drops and hints about it. So Is that still happening? I think it's still happening. Uh, the I keep hearing, the like, anthology one. Yeah. But I don't know if it's still an anthology thing. I don't know. Like, every time I hear about it, it seems a little different. So I'm mm. going to have to do a little research for next week. And maybe I'll give an update if I can find some stuff. Yes, but- please do. And and maybe that's something that we can discuss in our uh, bonus episodes as well uh, to dive yes. into uh, in a separate conversation. Uh, and, of course, if you want to, uh, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more information, you can join that Facebook group, or you can find us on Twitter at OUA Timing. I am personally at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we will be back next week with Child of the Moon, uh, where we get into full-on Twilight territory even more so than we did before, because you know what? The time's that we're living in it's all twilight all the time uh, oh my god i forgot that the like that first 10 years in 20 and when we got to 2000 was just like everyone was trying to cram vampires and werewolves into their stories oh such a time it was a it different was. time it was a different time yeah, and we got frankenstein's monster last week and we got wolves next week who knows what's in store? Jekyll and Hyde? No, not for several years. But you know when it happens, it's going to be so great. It's going to be us reliving that. Ah! Ah! <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week, Beth. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.